Welcome to Ripstop on the Record, a podcast where fabric enthusiasts and DIY gurus discuss all things make your own gear, with the occasional poor attempt at comedy to keep it interesting. I'm Kyle Baker, the owner and founder of Ripstop by the Roll, and we're excited to have you listening. Hey everyone, welcome to Ripstop on the Record. I'm Avery, the social media manager for Ripstop by the Roll, which means I get to scroll through Instagram and look at all your sweet pictures all day. Hello, and according to Carter, my name is Jay Town. My mom calls me Jameson, and I play on Canva and get called a digital marketer all day. That's awesome. So this week we're talking about a Dyneema, and obviously it's one of the hottest materials on the market and pretty much on the planet. Um, it's one of the most popular products we sell at Ripstop by the Roll. It's constantly going out the door, and let's face it, you can't escape the world of Dyneema now. It seems to be everywhere, um, especially on Reddit. <laughs> For real. I mean, every single day into the warehouse and we've got an, enti- an entire ox line of uh, Dyneema that gets pushed out by the crate load every single day. So this stuff is flying off our shelves and uh, I mean, it's already incredibly popular, but with their applications, it's only gonna increase in popularity. And today we are lucky enough to talk to two experts from Dyneema and we're gonna hear about, uh, hear about that side from them. Hello listeners, uh, welcome to Ripstop on the Record. We have a pretty exciting episode here today. We are talking with two people from the Dyneema Project. Today we have Peito and we have Chiharu. Thank you so much for joining us today. My pleasure. Thanks for having us. Awesome, so to get to know everybody where we're coming from, these are some uh, unfamiliar voices here. Uh, Where are you two coming from? Uh, I'll go first. Um, I'm Chiharu Pigeon. I'm a global marketing manager for DSM Protective Materials. So I support the soft composites business, and I'm located in Charlotte, North Carolina. My name is Peter Verdaasdonk. I'm in the Netherlands, uh, as you may hear. Um, I'm with uh, Dynema since 11 years. I'm an application development specialist uh, and focusing on flexible composites like those uh, sold by Ripstop by the Roll. Cool. So to kick things off, um, now that we know where everybody is coming from, uh, I believe, uh, Avery, you've got the first line of question. Yeah, we just kind of wanted to get to know you more. And Dyneema obviously is a textile and a fabric that's used in so many different outdoor recreation areas. So we were curious, um, what's your favorite way to recreate in the outdoors? And if you have a favorite place that you visited to do that at? Oh, <laughs> favorite way of spending time outdoors is, is, is tennis. Uh, I guess that the typical outdoor uh, activity <laughs> normally we do with, uh, let's say, uh, backpacking and, or going up in the mountains. Uh, here in the Dutch mountains, it's not that uh, challenging, uh, but uh, we still find ways to uh, use our dynamic gear here. If not from going up, then uh, at least trekking uh, l- longer distances. Uh, and um, yeah, it's, it's uh, still great fun to use. Awesome. That's great. Yeah, and for me, just being located in Charlotte, I've made a couple trips out to Asheville um, in the Blue Ridge Mountains. So that's also a really great place to use our Dyneema packs. They're really lightweight. So The home stomping grounds. I do have to do a little bit of a plug here. This, this fall, I ran a marathon, and I made, my, I made a, a running vest. 
and I used your your five two woven for that. So make sure I, I share the. <laughs> anyway, by getting into more serious uh, things, what's happening with Dyneema right now? We did a lot of line of questioning with our uh, kind of with our consumer base, and everybody wants to know with the innovation and uh, kind of the creative side that you guys have. What are we looking at? What's coming up next? What what can you tell us there? Yeah, so this past year, we actually changed our business group name from DSM Dyneema to DSM Protective Material. And we did that because it connects more with our mission and commitment of we protect people in the environment we live in because all life is precious. Um, so we also added TROSAR, which is our DSM value offering of ultra-high molecular, molecular weight polyethylene fibers in UD. So those are two very exciting things that we did this past year. Um, and then within our business segment, uh, we set up global manufacturing partners to make fabrics made with Dyneema. So you'll see more um, coming out on that, on the Dyneema project very soon. And then lastly, I would say that we're really working on increasing our capacity of the composite fabric. So more of the, the ripstop buyers can have more access to the Dyneema composite fabrics. What, just as a follow-up question, what prompted that change to kind of turn that into protecting people uh, versus where you were before? Yeah, I just think that um, so many of the applications that we have within DSM Protective Materials, um, we, we really have a focus on protecting the people and the environment, looking at sustainability. So I think it just, it just fit a lot better with our um, kind of our mission and our commitment. Awesome. That's really interesting to hear and kind of um, going off like protecting people and the environment. Um, everyone's kind of learning how to do their part for waste reduction. And we're kind of curious to know more about the environmental impacts of Dyneema. Yeah, I think um, Dyneema is really interesting because we do a lot um, when it comes to sustainability. So the first thing is, I think Dyneema in general, our fibers have the lowest carbon footprint per unit of strength compared to other competing um, alternatives. In fact, I think all the fibers coming from our Greenville, North Carolina facility, they're produced with renewable electricity, which is coming from wind power. So it's the first thing that we really, we really have done. Um, and then DSM Protective Materials this past year, we launched the first ever bio-based UHMWPE. So as of October of this year, all the DCF that's produced is made with bio-based dynamic fibers. Yep. Wow, uh, so cool. I think that's cool. Yeah, especially knowing uh, like the textile industry and clothing industry specific is like one of the biggest wasted industries. I think mm -hmm. that's something that we're really passionate about here is the reduce, reuse and recycle, but also knowing how these materials are being made and infecting the environment at large. So that warms my yeah. heart. Thank you. And then <laughs> I would say in terms of the, the reuse that you just mentioned, um, we're also working with a partner to repurpose all of our manufacturing waste into packs and accessories. So we're hoping that we'll have something maybe at the end of this quarter, beginning of Q1, so that's really exciting. And then what DSM is doing is that's mechanical industry, um, mechanical recycling that we just talked about. And we're also looking at other longer term alternatives, such as chemical recycling, where the aim is to bring back the product from its original chemical, back to its original chemical feedstock. So that's another thing that we're, we're looking into at DSM. Wow. 
With so, I believe that you mentioned you uh, you were doing some work in or DSM Daniel has work in in uh, North Carolina. Uh, some other people have asked about your locations. Where all are you producing? Where are you all connecting from? Uh, what does kind of Dynamo DSM look like on a broad spectrum? Yeah, so DSM is the one who manufactures Dynamo. Um, and then so we actually have a very global presence. So in terms of manufacturing facilities, we have the Greenville, North Carolina location, which is pretty close to where you're located, Jameson. And then um, we have Hereland, Netherlands, and then we have a location in Lailu, China. And then the Dyneema Composite Fabrics is it's 100% produced in Mesa, Arizona as of right now. Yeah. Gotcha. So you guys are really taking on an incredibly wide, uh, you're looking at a pretty wide spectrum of, of, of backgrounds, uh, characteristics from different people that you're, you're pulling together to put, to bring out the best in your fabrics. Mm-hmm. Yep. I think that's why we have a truly global presence, uh, also supported by tech centers uh, in each of the regions uh, that we serve. So I think that's also where we can be well connected with with customers uh, to yeah to bring out the best in our solutions. That's really neat. Uh, all right, so moving forward a little bit, we uh, there has been a lot of of testing, I guess, in on the market with uh, we've seen pack companies and whatnot bring up this phenomenon of of shrinking Dyneema. And we uh, we've we've looked at some of this on our own as you all as a company. What do you what is it about your composites that have this reaction? And then what do you have to say to consumers that are wondering that don't understand kind of what this reaction means to uh, why uh, why this happens to your fabric or, or what that looks like? The, the, the shrinkage that, that, that people see um, uh, with our fabrics, it's related to a very characteristic uh, parameter in our fiber, uh, which um, yeah, as you fold our fabrics over and over, you will get the same effect that if, if you would get if you would uh, continuously fold over a dollar bill and crumple it up and then uh, spread it uh, open again. Uh, it does shrink a, a little bit. Uh, we, we see that we typically get about 5% shrinkage. Uh, it's inherent to our fibers, so it's not easy to get around uh, in, in the fabric itself. So we do recommend that if your sizing is critical, that you take it into account for your designs and, and maybe over-design by about 5% to make sure that uh, the shrinkage doesn't get any uh, flaws in the end uh, over the life of your products. That's such a good visual, I think, especially in a podcast but even just in general getting people to to have a picture of what you're looking at is uh, that's so helpful so like if uh, you said dollar bill or like a piece of paper you know if you crumble up paper you never retain that shape again in the same way um that's really helpful i mean if the fabric is really flat eh, and then it's 2d you crumple it up and you um you you try to flatten it out again you will see it will get some height it has to come from somewhere and in this case, it's uh, yeah, it's going to come out of the uh, let's say the flat surface that reduces a bit in size, and that's because it starts to uh, build up a little bit of thickness, not much, but enough to become visible and uh, yeah, to to uh, get to this about five percent uh, of shrinkage. I think we certain people know how to take care of Dyneema and then it's this new material and it kind of needs to be treated a little bit differently and kind of talking about crumpling it up like a dollar bill. um, A lot of people tend to want to like very neatly fold their gear versus crumpling it up. But can you talk a little bit about like 
um, user steps that people need to think about when um, expanding their life expectancy of the Dyneema and how long that'll last and steps to use to take care of it? I think if, if given the ch if specifically to the crumpling or the let's say the, the shrinkage, if you would have a choice between stuffing it into a bag or rolling it up and then uh, or folding it and then putting it into a bag, of course the I think the the second option is preferred. Uh, and it, it I must assure you that uh, although it starts to wrinkle and and shrink a bit, it does not affect the strength. Uh, so you will find that after you. Uh, uh, crumpled it a few times or, or many times, it will still be the strong fiber in there that, that really makes the fabric last long. So that should not be an issue. Uh, and I think that for the other aspects, it's, uh, it's a combination of products. Uh, the Dyneema is, is very stable and strong by itself. Uh, it doesn't need much care. It depends a bit on the design that you, uh, that you make uh, and other materials you put in there. You may need to take care in uh, keeping moisture out and uh, yeah, making sure that you store it cleanly and um, yeah, that, that should take care of it. That's really cool. There's a, especially in our line of or our industry, if you were, people are, are purchasing this kind of a raw material and turning it into a finished product. There's a big barrier to entry of uh, their concern. Like, is this going to work? Right. Like uh, how, how positive can I be that my project is going mm -hmm. to work out? Um, so in that, that sense, they want to have a, a confidence that they know how to take care of it even after they, after they produce it. Are there other, um, so with, with rolling, are there other forms of, of caring, of taking care of it, of treating it, anything like that, that you can share with people making, making stuff right now that says, this is, this is our, this is the best way to prolong the life of your dynamic. Or is it pretty much just that simple where it's like, no, just, just clean it off and it's good to go. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 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 clean it off, uh, wipe it with a wet cloth. Uh, if, if there's dirt on it, um, make sure that you don't keep any sharp object rolled up into it. But I guess that goes for any fabric. And, uh, <laughs> yeah. It, it, it doesn't require uh, any other care than you would normally do with your outdoor gear. That's super cool. I, yeah, I think there's, like I said, there's a, some barrier in people's mind, like, oh, Dyneema is a special fabric. Yeah. We have to be more careful. And Oh, I, yeah, I, I agree that's special, but uh, and that, 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 allows you, that allows you to do special things. But uh, no, it, it, it's not like it should be treated with kid gloves or uh, uh, you need to lay it down on a velvet cushion when you put it away in your cupboard. Uh, hey, it's okay if you want to do that too. We have those people and <laughs> hey, be my guest. Yeah. Show what the respect it deserves. <laughs> All right. So we have a user question here that we got from one of our one of our uh, cottage vendors. Uh, Almonds Right asks, are Dyneema and UHMWPE the same? So this year just recently we released a UHMPE fabric um, and people or had a uh, various questions of, isn't that the same as Dyneema or, or why are we, why are these branded differently? Uh, what can you say to that? Yeah, Dyneema is, is of course, uh, the, the brand that we as DSM Protective Materials use for our UHMWPE fiber. Uh, and it, it, it's um, uh, UHMWPE is the more generic name. Uh, Dyneema is our branded product, but I can say that Dyneema is also a special 
in the sense that we as DSM protective materials have the unique capability in that we are backwards integrated. So we make the polymer ourselves. Uh, and then we also have special processes to take that polymer and transform it into a fiber, which then is, of course, these fibers are the, the, the base on which we, uh, uh, yeah, on which we build our uh, flexible composites. So UHMWP and Dyneema, I would say they're not the same, but Dyneema is indeed a special kind of uh, UHMWP. I see. So it would kind of be like, uh, in a very simplified example, it would almost be saying like, uh, like Kleenex in America is like the name brand tissue. Yes. Right. But like it are like special kinds of tissue, but it, everything is a yes. tissue, right? So it's all WPE, but Dyneema is a more specialized yeah. kind. Yeah. Cool. I think that will, think that will help. <laughs> um, so kind of going off of this question and it's, been touched on a little bit about like where it's manufactured, but I think people want to know, um, this question is from a hand sent on Instagram and he wants to know who manufactures Dyneema. Yeah. So, uh, DSM is the manufacturer of Dyneema. Um, and like I said, we have three locations globally that make the fiber, which is in Greenville, North Carolina, Ireland, Netherlands, and Lima, China. And then the the composite fabric was made in Mesa, Arizona, but it's all DSM. So this is a question from a user that everyone might recognize. His, he goes by the name of Kyle Baker, AKA owner of Riftside. <laughs> and yep. he asks, uh, he, he told us directly, he's like, hey, I've always wanted to know why did DSM acquire Cubic Tech or what, what attracted a big uh, engineering company like DSM to a small, a small place in, in Arizona with some sailcloth? Um, Peter, you want to answer that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay. No, I think that uh, we, we really uh, were um, intrigued by the fact that uh, Cubic Tech was able to bring out, I would almost say, the magic in our fiber in, in a new form factor. And uh, we saw the opportunity to uh, bring that magic to more people. And by bringing the scale of, of DSM and of DSM protective materials, and through the acquisition of Cubic Tech, uh, we want to make uh, flexible composites uh, more accessible to a much wider audience and, and to get to bigger markets and to expand the scope of, of our products. And they really extract the value. They really extracted the value of our products. And uh, let's say that we, uh, yeah, we want to help them along and, and build on that. Gotcha. So it sort of... Would you be able to say that 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 cubic tech aligned with where you wanted to go in the future in terms of fiber technology and, and yeah, what they had going? Yeah, correct. Gotcha. That's really yeah. cool. Yeah, Kyle's obviously. We're interested in the dynamic of business, right? What we did from going from the hammock to to textiles uh, and that, that acquisition yeah. was really interesting to us. Well, um, I've got kind of a fun question. Um, we are seeing that Dyneema is obviously taking many different forms and people are applying it in different uses and areas. So we're curious to hear from you, what's the most creative or unusual application that you've seen Dyneema in? Yeah, um, Dyneema is used in a countless amount of creative applications. So on the composite side, I would say one of the coolest ones that we've seen, and you guys have probably heard of it, but it's the Dyneema Bonded Leather by Echo. Um, it's the thinnest 
strongest leather on earth. It's a half a millimeter thick. So that's pretty cool. Um, we've also are going to be seeing um, the Dyneema composite fabric in a high fashion application very soon, which is very exciting. Um, and then this year at the Tour de France, um, Team Sunweb, which DSM sponsors, um, the riders all wore jerseys and base layers made with Dyneema. So this actually provided effective um, abrasion resistance up to speeds of 60 kilometers per hour. So it really kept the riders safe. Um, and then in other applications outside of our business segment and other business segments within DSM protective materials, um, we see Dyneema actually protecting the fans at most major league baseball stadiums using what they call the nearly invisible net. And then that same type of application in net um, a couple of years ago, I think it was in 2016, uh, an American skydiver diver jumped out of a plane at 25,000 feet with no parachute, and he landed into a net uh, made with Dyneema. Um, we definitely don't recommend the users to do that, because I would say it's pretty risky, not safe, um, but that was a, probably one of the coolest applications that we saw. Uh, um, yeah, we don't want all of our <laughs> makers to be jumping out of planes with their gear, but that's just really neat. That's really cool. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what's more dangerous right now. If someone is jumping out of a plane at 25,000 feet or trying to go be a fan at a baseball game in general with a lot of other people. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. And then the, the really cool thing about um, the baseball stadiums is, you know, a, a lot of people like to spend time on their smartphones and sometimes they're not really paying attention. And when you're a fan, you know, you're sitting on the, the first, by the first base or the third baseline, um, you know, bats can come flying at you, foul balls can come flying at you, and people typically aren't paying attention. They might be on their phone, playing on Instagram or Snapchat or what have you. So this net is almost invisible. You almost can't see it. So you still get to experience the game, but still be protected by a net made with Dyneema, which is really, really cool. That's really, really neat. I'm super interested in what you said about the Tour de France as well and with uh, the apparel. What I, I don't exactly have a specific question, but like with with Dyneema apparel, when I think of, for instance, our most popular um, are the DCF fabrics here, the composites, right, which are not very wearable <laughs> materials. Mm -hmm. what, what does the future of wearable materials for for Dyneema look like? Yeah. So um, in the beginning of the podcast, I mentioned one of the new business models that we launched is that we're working with um, premium manufacturing partners globally. So we're kind of in the process of setting them up um, to be our partner. So what we're going to do is we sell the fiber. Our partner makes all different types of fabric um, with cotton, nylon, polyester, lycra, a bunch of different types of blends to make different fabrics for different applications. Anything from footwear, it can even be used in backpacks. Um, hammocks, what have you. And so um, we'll be working with the brands or even ripped out by the role to sell these types of fabric. So um, probably in the beginning of this year, we'll have, or beginning of next year in 2021, we'll have everyone set up correctly and we'll be able to promote and share with you the details and the contacts of where you can buy um, apparel type of fabric made with Dyneema. That's so cool. Uh, Pedro, could you so I'm envisioning like a standard cotton t-shirt, right? In my mind, it like it, it the uh, it stays wet when you when it gets a little bit wet, it rips really easily. What does Dyneema with cotton look like? Or why would that shirt be better than just a normal cotton t-shirt? Well, for sure it would uh, uh, 
it would not rip as much as or not as easily as if you would have uh, your, your normal t-shirt uh, and just a little bit of, of Dyneema added to, to the blend uh, for making the, the shirt already adds uh, quite a bit of resistance to, uh, to rupture of the t-shirt so that prolongs the wear life and thereby also adds in, in getting the most value out of your garments or um, uh, uh, prolonged life out of jeans, um, those kinds of applications. And in a way, in a hidden way, it also helps in... Uh, yeah, a bit more sustainable uh, future uh, through, uh, through, through the clothing and, and apparel. That's really cool. Uh, the other interesting thing is the Team Sunweb riders. We worked very closely with them um, on different iterations of these base layers and jerseys. And the, the one thing they really enjoyed about it, not just the protection and knowing that they're safe out there training and riding in the Tour de France, but um, Dyneema has this cooling effect. So it was comfortable for these riders to be you know, cycling all day and to be wearing a, a jersey and base layer with Dyneema as well. That's super neat. So it was, it normally with Dyneema, at least in that experience, it is the, the, the skin feel isn't going to feel that different from a cotton or from a, like a cycling jersey, whatever the application is, uh, but it is going to yeah. take on much stronger yeah. properties. Yeah. yeah. So at, at lower levels, you will find that it already adds quite a bit of strength to your fabric. And indeed, like Chiharu mentions, yeah, if you go up in, in the amount of Dyneema, that's when really the, uh, the heat transport uh, away from you uh, while you exercise or, or in other activities, uh, that's when you really start to feel the benefit of Dyneema. That is so cool. Man, that is really exciting, I think, for a lot of people. Uh, just wearable technology is, is so interesting, and obviously it impacts everybody directly just because you're wearing it. That's really exciting. That's going to be, that's coming out. And I think... It does kind of go back to the reduce, reuse, recycle and uh, the eco part of Dyneema is that things wear out really fast. And it's something that um, as being social media manager, I'm constantly just like reading what other people are posting online about all kinds of fabrics. And uh, there seems to be like a really big push for obviously people in the ultralight fabrics and wanting to use them. But there is this sort of shelf life on certain gear where people are hiking with it 2200 miles in a year and um, I think that is interesting that you're kind of taking something and making maybe a standard product but extending the life of that and I just think in general that's a huge thing for uh, the earth and sustainability in general. Um, by using Dyneema just in an application, you typically use less material to achieve the given performance that you're looking for. Um, so that results in, you know, less material waste, but also in an even lower carbon footprint compared to other alternatives. So that's another thing that's really cool about what Dyneema provides. One thing that I saw that I was pretty excited about was someone started making footwear with Dyneema and I'm a pass-through hiker. And when you hike those long miles, you're going through like five to 10 pairs of shoes, whoever you are. So I think just in general, like rain jackets with Dyneema, I know people are really would be excited to see um, because rain jackets, something that tears easily on a branch, you're just walking by, but knowing that it kind of does like having this technology where it's like you said, the uh, cycling jerseys where it's cooling you, I think people are going to be really excited to hear about that. <laughs> Uh, so kind of going off of that, um, this is a question 
from an Instagram user, Stefan Simmons, and he wants to know, does Dyneema dry up and crack from being exposed to the sun's UV rays too long? I think that uh, any material that you put out in UV too long is, is going to uh, suffer from it, but it, I guess it depends on your definition of too long. Uh, what we, from what we know in our testing, uh, ultra-high molecular weight polyethylene is uh, more resistant to UV than, for instance, polyesters and nylons. So that already is a very uh, big, uh, big bonus in, in our product or yeah, very beneficial. Uh, and again, it's like we said before, it also depends on what you combine, what materials you combine in your design. Uh, our fibers uh, will not be the first to go. You may need to be look at, uh, do you want to maybe uh, use different materials for other aspects of your, uh, of your designs to prevent UV from uh, becoming a, an issue? Awesome. So on this podcast, our goal with every episode is to get some really technical information and, and kind of help the people that want to nerd out do that, while also bringing a very human and kind of charismatic fun side to things. So what is, are, are for your roles individually, what excites you the most about what you do or what's something that, that, you, that you get a lot of life and you got to enter a lot of energy out of uh, with, what you, with what you do there? Yeah, I'll go first. Um, I mean, I think just the different form factors and things that Dyneema can provide, um, like I talked about all those creative applications, and then just within the Dyneema composite fabrics, we have things from high fashion to footwear to Dyneema being bonded to leather and um, other inflatable applications. It's, it's just a countless number of applications, and there's a lot of companies that, you know, they have a problem that they want to fix. And for Dyneema to be able to fix that problem, I think is kind of what keeps me going because it's, it's every day is kind of a new, a new and different day for me. And I can only uh, uh, chime in on that and, and echo that. And it's, it's indeed this, this great versatility. It's, it's the multitude of, of different applications. Uh, it's the, the, the customers that really have very specific needs sometimes and being able to help them materialize their wishes almost in working with customers, but as well with people from within our own innovation department to make that reality. I think that's always uh, yeah, why you get up in the morning. I think that's great. And uh, I know you said at the beginning, Peito, that you've been working with Dyneema for 11 years now. Yeah, correct. So can you kind of give us a quick rundown of like what the past 11 years in Dyneema have been like and how you've seen it grow and evolve? Um, okay, so I indeed joined uh, uh, about 11 years ago, not my uh, uh, first job. Uh, uh, I was with a fibers background, more of a, a, a stretchy fiber like spandex, uh, and, but then so then moving to Dyneema being a very strong fiber, the strongest fiber, I think that already was uh, a great challenge and opportunity to, to learn. Uh, so I started in product development, developing uh, fibers for uh, mainly uh, industrial protection applications, uh, cut resistance. And then um, as, as the years uh, uh, went on, uh, more and more got interested, not so much in the, let's say, the pure technical side of things, but also more moved more towards applications and being closer to the customers. And I think that's where uh, a great opportunity came and DSM Dyneema made it possible to go into application development 
and then also then on something like uh, this this fabulous product called uh, Dyneema Flexible Composites, which again is a great new form factor for Dyneema um, that really makes uh, new products possible. And again, that's where you can have your uh, I would say personal ambitions uh, grow with the ambitions of the business, and it's great to have that happen uh, with DSM. I think that's great. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, you're welcome. Well, I think that wraps up about all the questions um, that we have. And we just want to thank you both so much for taking the time out of your day to join us virtually and talk about Dyneema, which we love so much here at Ripstop by the Rolls. So thank you so much for getting together to help inspire others to keep creating. Yeah, thank you for having us. This is really fun. Yeah, great. Indeed. Thanks for having us. Call anytime. Awesome. Well, we just definitely want to thank again um, the people over at the Dyneema Project, especially Chiaru and Peito for joining us. Um, I just feel really grateful and enlightened and just really special that we got to talk to them and learn more about what they're kind of up to over there. Absolutely. I think Dyneema kind of has like this, this pedestal in my mind of this ultra fabric and these really cool people. So to put a face and hear a voice and connect with them in that way uh, was special to me. And I, and I hope it was equally as special to people that are listening to it later on. Um, so yeah, it was super cool to hear about the applications, wearables, things like that. I'm, I'm pretty stoked right now. Yeah, and I think it'll hopefully help inspire a lot of people um, to think of Dyneema in such a broader sense and seeing how we can apply it to other areas of our life. Um, it is cool to be able to see people making like reusable bags out of Dyneema, not just backpacks, but, you know, like reusable shopping totes. And if you know how to sew and you can sew these super intricate backpacks, which is hella hard, I think you can start applying those, that in other areas of your life to kind of be more sustainable with our textile use and wear. Big time. I mean, it's on our vision as Rips Up by the Roll to, to work on our own sustainability uh, on the fabrics that we're getting rid of and things like that. So to, to see that Dyneema is also heading in that direction or has headed is, is super encouraging and it's good to know what fabrics have what impact. Um, so I know that, you know, if a pack that I made with Dyneema is going to break down, I can probably use that in other ways because it's not the fabric that's breaking down. It's, you know, something that I did probably. I think too, uh, like we were talking about on the podcast, it's Dyneema is being applicated in so many ways and uses and industries. It's not just for whatever your purview is, whether it's like backpacking or through hiking or hammocking or whatever you're doing, but to see it kind of evolving into this thing. I know personally being a through hiker, um, if they can somehow make ultras with Dyneema in them, so I could just buy two pairs for six months instead of like six pairs, that would be great. Um, and also too, like we kind of mentioned the rain jackets, that's, there's no, there's never going to be a perfect rain fabric for rain fabric, a rain, a fabric for a rain jacket. But I think if they can make something with Dyneema, I mean, that could be the money. Yeah, big time. Besides uh, the sustainability piece, I was most excited to hear about um, their cycling applications. Unfortunately, my two coworkers, Carter and Derek, uh, 
forced me into cycling. And by force, I mean, they kindly informed me on all the great aspects and I now own a bike. Uh, but with that, I'm stoked to hear about some of those applications just because cycling does have that X factor where it's exciting. You're moving quickly and, and to add a level of safety there uh, and obviously cut weight and performance you can't lose with that. So I'm pretty excited to see where that goes. And then in terms of wearable materials and technology, that's, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't get a whole lot more exciting than things that are, that have high performance and are really cool, <laughs> you know? Right. And, and if you haven't seen um, the video that the Dyneema project put out on the Tour de France cycling jerseys, you should watch it. One, it's just like beautifully done. And it's just, it's so cool because you think like these people are, I mean, I don't know how fast they're pedaling at least 40 miles an hour. And like, if they get in a crash, like that's, if Dyneema is 15 times stronger than steel and their jerseys are woven with this, then that's like creating a layer of abrasion resistance. And I think that can be applied to like so many things. I mean, think like the racing industry, baseball, like any kind of sports jerseys, um, we already have like the moto denim so that could be great for dirt biking and motorcycles and having that abrasion resistance but i think it's dyneema is definitely i mean it's going to be truly all over the world very very soon um in everything and i'm just super excited about that absolutely i i took my first cycling digger this weekend and i'm fortunate not to have ripped anything but i was going all of like four miles an hour and my tiny little 28 millimeter tires did not want to jump the railroad tie. <laughs> I was going any faster than, you know, my four miles an hour that having something a little bit more durable would have been really, really nice. <laughs> I mean, that, that makes me laugh because when I was through hiking, um, I had a trucking pole, not the pointy part, the part that you hold with your hand, like the soft grippy part. I slipped and it went through my shirt and it closed hung me. Um, so that was pretty fun. But yeah, if I had a Dyneema hiking shirt, probably wouldn't have happened or impaled myself with a trucking pole. So <laughs> <laughs> what I'm taking away from this is that we probably shouldn't be trusted to do high adventure things. <laughs> <laughs> Or we just need um, rougher, rougher textiles, AKA we need that Dyneema outerwear to come through. <laughs> yeah, that, that is a fact because I'm, I'm not stopping cycling. So I just, I have to, I got to make sure I'm prepared for it. <laughs> yeah, sweet. Which reminds us, um, we have a little contest going on for Dyneema right now. So make sure you check out our Instagram page. Uh, the contest will be ending on Sunday and we want to see what you have made specifically with Dyneema. We want to see your cool shots. We want to see it in the back country of Iowa or wherever you live. Um, <laughs> make sure you check that out. You can win some cool Dyneema fabric from us. Um, yeah. Yeah. Next podcast coming out in two weeks. We're on that bi-weekly schedule right now. Check out the latest ebook that just came out all about DCF fabrics and how to use them. Uh, check out our blog about four tips on how to make with Dyneema. There's a lot of content getting churned out. So enjoy it, use it, and then connect with us. Send us a message, uh, comment on something. We want to hear from you. Uh, after all, both Avery and my job, uh, we are here to help you be better makers. So if there's a way we can help you, do it. Let us know. 
Yeah. And if you don't ask us questions, we basically don't have a job. So if you guys can keep the conversation going, send us in your questions, your topics, what you want to hear about. Um, it's really great to get y'all involved. Um, and it's been fun creating this. So thanks for listening. Don't forget to like and subscribe and go back and listen to our first and second episodes if you haven't already. Um, they're pretty great, but this one might be my favorite so far. Sorry, Kyle and Carter. <laughs> Smash that subscribe button.